When the Holy Spirit pours the love of God into our hearts, we see that this is something that we're experiencing. It's not just we know the love of God because God tells us that He loves us. It's like, no, that we know the love of God because the Holy Spirit is pouring this love into our hearts and, and making us experience and feel this love in a real and, and personal and tangible way. Welcome to Dreamers and Disciples. Layla Nahavandi is our guest on the show today. Layla is an evangelist and preacher based in Australia, but she travels all over the world preaching the gospel. She's also studying to get her PhD with a focus on Pentecostal theology and church history. She's the host of the Eagle and Child podcast about heroes of the faith throughout church history, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And she's also on the faculty at Theosu. So needless to say, Layla is a very busy woman. So we're grateful that she spent some time with us today on the show. And we talk about a lot. We talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how to walk in the power of the Spirit in your daily life, how to identify your spiritual gifts, the mystery of the sacraments, and what we can learn as Christians in America when we gain a better global and historical view of the church. So I think you're gonna be really uh, encouraged by today's episode. I think you're gonna learn a lot, and I think you're gonna have a greater hunger to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and have a greater encounter with the living God in our daily life. But before we get to that interview, I wanted to let you know that I've launched my new online community, called The Joyful Dreamer. This is something that I've been working on uh, for months behind the scenes, but this is a community for Christians who want to live in your dreams without losing your joy in the process. So if you have a dream in your heart and you wanna bring it to life in a healthy way that honors God and brings joy in every step of the process, then this group is for you. In this community, you'll get monthly group coaching from me, monthly masterclass teachings based on my dreamer framework, which you'll learn more about in the community. And it'll be a private community of other Christians who are dreaming right alongside of you and encouraging you and just giving you just that extra bit of strength to keep going as you bring to life what God has put in your heart. So you can sign up for The Joyful Dreamer at thejoyfuldreamer.com or find the link in the show notes and description on YouTube. It has all the information about how you can be a part. Now it's time to join my conversation with Layla Nahavandi. Hey, Layla, welcome to Dreamers and Disciples. I'm pumped to have you here today. Thank you so much, Wade. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you for inviting me to be part of the podcast. Yeah, I've actually looked forward to this for a while because number one, I love your podcast, um, the Aww, Eagle and Child podcast, which hopefully <laughs> we can talk about later because I'm, sure. I'm just a, his, I'm a history nerd and I'm Come starting on, to, love it. <laughs> to really love church history too. And then <laughs> I've taken one of your classes on Theosu. So there's so many directions we could wow. go, but I just want to dive in with a question that I ask everyone on Dreamers and Disciples just to kick us off. And that is, what are you dreaming about right now? And you can take oh that my in, goodness. What in whatever direction. About yeah. Right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, like I think spiritually, I've been traveling around just uh, the world a lot recently, just jumping from country to country, preaching in different countries and seeing the Lord move in great power. Um, and I was saying to a friend in Manchester in the UK yesterday, 
Um, I feel like this like bee, like I'm like cross pollinating, like all of the different things that are going on in, in the church and in the world right now. And I, I feel like the Lord is doing so many amazing things in different countries, but uh, the common denominator is just bringing people back to that simplicity of yes. the presence of Jesus and that first love fire and, you know, just dependence on him and seeing him move in a powerful way and really just lifting up Jesus and it all being about that. So I think what I'm really dreaming about right now is just like coming back to simplicity and what does that look hmm. like, not only for ministry and what the Lord is doing in the earth, but also in my life personally. Um, and then I think like just dreaming about, you know, uh, how can we reach people with the gospel? I am an yeah. evangelist to my core. <laughs> and so I'm super excited. We were just, um, I was just in Pennsylvania a few days ago, um, preaching at a tent revival meeting with the Send. Oh, I love it. And we saw, yeah, we saw uh, over a thousand uh, young people there and all ages really and saw like 25 people get baptized that night, oh, so many salvations, healings, God moved in a powerful way. And I think my eyes are just opening to the possibilities of like, hey, what, what could the Lord do around the world? Like if we just, mm. you know, preach the gospel, came back to that simple power of the Holy Spirit, like Paul says, you know, I don't uh, just preach um, with persuasive words of man, but with a demonstration right. of the Spirit's power. And yeah, I think the Lord is just helping me to dream about what that mm. could look like and how He could move in powerful ways in different countries. And um, yeah, how I could encounter Him in a deeper way as well. So um, yeah, that's probably yes. what's swirling around in my <laughs> mind, my spirit right now in terms of what I'm dreaming about. Um, I think personally, what I'm dreaming about is like getting my PhD finished. <laughs> it's like yes. uh, the one thing that's sort of like hanging over my head. Hopefully I'll get that done end of next year. But I'm dreaming of the day when I no longer have to, you know, formally study. Um, but yeah, those are a few <laughs> I things. Don't know, I don't know how you do everything that you do between how much oh. you're traveling and I knew you were working on your PhD. So you, you're busy. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think that's why I'm like dreaming of simplicity, <laughs> simplicity you know. Right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm dreaming of not being but I, I I feel like whatever the Lord's called you to do, he graces you to do it, you yeah. know. So I definitely feel a grace um in this season to do what I'm doing, but yeah, looking forward to the day when when that's not hanging over my head. <laughs> <laughs> now, I might get this wrong, but isn't your PhD in like historical theology or something in yes. that realm? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um theology and history together. So okay. yeah, some something somewhere around the realm of historical theology and Pentecostal theology. So I'm looking at how Pentecostals can engage with the sources of the early church. So after the Bible and after, you know, the apostles died out. We actually have like documented um, writings from different people throughout, you know, all the okay. centuries after that. And so um, I think, you know, why not look at them? Why not look at what they have to say and how they did yeah. church and all that sort of stuff? And yeah, just see how we as Pentecostals can engage in that. So yeah, I love that. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast because, and I'm, I'm glad you even started with simplicity because your Eagle and Child podcast is all about, mm -hmm. I think I even wrote down the, the tagline that you say at the beginning of every episode is share the stories <laughs> and thoughts of church history's heroes to inspire and equip the church of today. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love that. And it seems mm -hmm. the more I am digging into church history, even though mm -hmm. those weren't necessarily simple times, there was a simple mm -hmm. approach to following God, and even in the midst mm -hmm. of 
a lot of heavy persecution in the past. It wasn't mm -hmm. like now it's the only persecution we're facing in the church. I mean, that you read church mm -hmm. history, it gives you a whole different perspective of following yes. Jesus. But I love how you emphasize that and the work of the Holy Spirit throughout generations. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. how you, you marry these ancient practices with mm -hmm. the experience of the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'd love to really get mm -hmm. into how mm -hmm. those two work out in your life. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe start with what, what are you learning right now when it comes to church histories from the church fathers and mothers? And mm -hmm. what do you think they can say to the church of today? Mm. Oh, wow. Such a great question and a very deep question. I don't know how I'll just <laughs> summarize it, but I think I can sort of apply a few different points, um, specifically around the sacraments, you know, as, um, you know, Pentecostals, evangelicals, Protestants, even, um, we don't have a really, uh, deep sort of sacramental theology and approach um, that's something that's probably more catholic and orthodox um, but there's so much gold to be found in the idea of the sacraments and so if we even go back to you know the church fathers talk about um, this idea of of the reason why the sacraments are so important is because you know jesus didn't just come in a spiritual body and just administer salvation to us spiritually, but he actually came in a physical body. He mm -hmm. was born physically, and because he died and shed his blood physically, he made a way for us um, to receive salvation through the price that he paid in person, in a physical body. And yeah. so they really sort of dive deep into that idea, well, hey, if Jesus didn't just sort of snap his fingers and say, spiritually you're saved and, and you know, mm -hmm. my blood is being shed for you, he actually did it physically, then there's something about receiving something physically or participating in something physically that can administer um, the power of God and, and this mystery of, of the things of God in our lives. And so, I think especially for me as, as a Pentecostal or for evangelicals, Protestants, um, when we dive deep into these ideas of the sacraments, so something like baptism or the mm. Eucharist communion that we take, um, there's so much gold to be found in the mm. power that these things carry that it's not just um, a sort of spiritual idea or like a, hey, when we take communion, you know, the the juice probably in evan evangelical churches and, and the little wafer stay away. <laughs> Yeah. that we have these days after COVID, the plastic wrappers. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just us like paying mental assent to like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross for me so I don't have to go to hell. Mm. There's actually a participation in that broken mm. uh, body and blood of Jesus Christ that's administered to us physically. And so I think it's awesome for us to be able to unpack that, the mystery of that, what that looks like, the power of that, um, especially, you know, me as a Pentecostal, I love marrying those two things together, mm -hmm. the, the mysteries and, and the the mystical sort of power that we find in church history. Um, but, yeah, I really find uh, there's just so much depth to be unpackaged there. Um, and for me, I, I've i been so blessed then to be able to apply that to um, my ministry and just like as I am traveling around and, and preaching in different places to see how that 
out works and how a depth of the understanding of that could actually empower pastors, empower ministers to be able to disciple people better. So I was um, preaching at a church in Tasmania in Australia. So um, everyone makes fun of Tasmania. It's like <laughs> the butt of, of Australia. Like the, there's all sorts of jokes about Tasmania, but I love Tasmanians. They're awesome. I was preaching for a pastor there. And he's part of this big church movement and um, they were sort of tracking, they were doing um, just statistics on on discipleship and they sort of looked at the last few years and they saw 5,000 people or something like that had been saved in their churches, had responded mm. to the gospel, uh, been followed up by their church. And then he, they had tracked, you know, these milestones in discipleship. So did this person end up getting baptized? Did this person end up regularly attending church? Did this person end up serving? Where are they at now? Um, what does their life look like? And from those um, those markers, they actually began to see that if someone was not just saved, like responded to the gospel, but also if they were baptized, there was an exponential um, mm. growth in their spiritual journey and they were way more likely. Wow. Like the percentage was astronomical of like how much they went the course if they did get baptized as well and so for me as we're having this conversation I'm like oh my gosh like that so makes sense to me because I believe you know in the church fathers they're talking about how when you get baptized you're receiving the power of God and the grace of God to actually live free from sin to live this holy life so there's an empowerment that comes that you don't necessarily have if you haven't been water baptized and you haven't identified physically with that sacrament and so being able to see like whoa this is from this data of like 5,000 people getting saved and then also from this theory that I've got from the church fathers we can actually marry that together and and sort of start to encourage say Pentecostals different ministers churches hey let's return to the simplicity of of things like the baptism uh, water baptism the eucharist you know um, empowering by the holy spirit all these sorts of things that we see in the church fathers that Mm -hmm. actually are the markers of empowering people to go the distance in discipleship and and living life for god so yeah that's the big discovery i've sort of had recently (laughs) what what you shared with that study on the one hand it's fascinating but on the other hand it makes total sense like you said Mm -hmm. because it falls right in line with what we see Jesus and Paul teach and like yeah. you said in, in the in the early church. But I wonder too, because growing up, I grew up a Southern Baptist and yeah. like very much in the Bible Belt in the South uh, of the US. So very evangelical upbringing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like growing up, I always heard it, it overemphasized that baptism and communion or the Eucharist were yeah. symbols of, but it almost takes the mystery out of it, the way it was taught mm, to us growing yeah. up. And I, and I feel like mm-hmm. I heard such an emphasis on, well, hey, baptism isn't what saves you, that it was almost yes. downplayed. The importance of it yes, was yes, pushed yes. aside. And, and like you said, I do think there is something that the Holy Spirit does through the sacraments mm. that we can't quantify based yes. on what they are just at face value. There's something that mm. happens when you partake of the grace that's administered mm. through that. So I love Absolutely. that that's what you're, that's what you're learning mm-hmm. right now. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, now, along with that, is there a particular figure from church history that you relate to, that you are inspired by or challenged mm-hmm. by even? 
Yes. So I love um, Tertullian. He would probably be my favorite. He's the one who gives us the word Trinitas. So the the concept of the Trinity comes Mm -hmm. from Tertullian. Um, Yeah, one of the great church fathers. And um, what I love specifically about him was that you see throughout his writings and throughout his life that he was like just so passionate about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit Mm. and the moving of the Holy Spirit. So he had this amazing theological mind and and brain and, and articulated theological concepts for us. But he also didn't shy away from, you know, the mystery of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, what that looks like from the the spiritual gifts and prophecy. And he was one of the ones who was saying, you know, I, I don't think we should, you know, go so much down this sort of like political space um, of, of appointing like church leaders and that sort of governance. He's saying, hey, we really need to be looking for the marking and the endorsement of the Holy Spirit um, who's appointing these people and stuff like that. So so sort of like more depending on a charismatic authority rather than, you know, this, um, this other way that the church did actually eventually move into. So I love Tertullian. I see him as, as like this early church revivalist and just a passion oh, that's for awesome. the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit. And that's really where my heart's at. So so you, I mean, I feel like anytime I've ever heard you talk or even right now in your conversation, <laughs> yeah. like Holy Spirit is just, it, it flows out of you. You love talking oh, about the Holy so Spirit. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about where you first encountered? I've heard you tell a story mm. about your family encountering the Holy yeah. Spirit. Can you start yeah. there maybe give a background of yeah. how God like the Holy Spirit really began to stir in your heart? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So um, when I I was born into a Muslim family um, in England, my dad is Persian, my mum is Irish, and um, I spent my childhood in New Zealand. So my dad is a professor of robotic engineering and he ended wow. up getting a job in, in New Zealand. So we moved halfway across the world, literally to the other side <laughs> of the world, actually. So from England to, to New Zealand. Um, when we were living in New Zealand, my auntie from Iran, my dad's sister, came to live with us and we didn't know at the time, but she was actually schizophrenic. And so it just made for a really um, just difficult sort of home life. And, um, you know, my dad would try to escape in his work. Mum had three of us kids under five. And so it just was not working. My auntie would just do crazy things and they didn't know she was schizophrenic. So um, there was all those complexities as well. So um, my mum ended up leaving my dad and just taking us uh, kids uh, with her to a women's and children's shelter. Um, and we ended up uh, just encountering these Christian people. So um, some of my friends from school or kindergarten, their parents um, started to get wind of what was happening. They started to pray for us. Um, they believed that God could you know, turn our situation around. A lady who lived down the road from us, a neighbor, she shared the gospel with my mom. My mom ended up responding to Jesus. And awesome. so we ended up moving back in with my dad he found sort of an alternative situation for my for my auntie and um yeah we we ended up just being radically saved god totally mm-hmm. transformed our our life we started going to this pentecostal church in a small town called palmerston north in new zealand and as we're going to this church my dad also had uh, just a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, so he asked the Holy Spirit, hey, if you're real, then show me. And uh, he just felt the wind of the Holy Spirit just blow all over his body, which for, you know, a Muslim scientist is, you know, very unusual. So he was like, what a coincidence. This can't be 
can't be happening, can't be true, can't be possible. But then it happened a few more times and he just really felt the Lord trying to show him that he is real and that this is legit, like Jesus is Lord. And so my whole family ended up having this just radical encounter with the Lord and God came and he saved us. My family had these encounters with the Holy Spirit super early on. My mum used to love watching Benny Hinn on TV. So she'd see, you know, all these healings and signs and wonders and just be um, just so inspired by that. And so she would play Benny Hinn tapes all day, every day on our TV um, uh-huh. back in the day, those VHS tapes. <laughs> um, and so it was always playing. And so we had, you know, every time Benny Hinn was praying for something, we would have to stop and we would have to, you know, us three kids, we would have to stop and put our hands on the TV screen and pray with my mum and Benny Hinn, you know, for whatever (laughs) he was praying for. Um, And so one day he was talking about uh, the Holy Spirit and and speaking in tongues. And so um, I was just by myself. And and so I think mum was like making dinner. I don't know where everyone else was, but I was just engrossed in what he was saying. And I know that it was the Lord sort of drawing me into the conversation as, as a six or seven year old. And so he, at the end, he's like, okay, I want to pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues. And so I, as always, I just put my hands on the TV screen, prayed with Benny Hinn. And, um, you know, the Bible says, you know, be it according to your faith, ask and you shall receive. If anyone asks for the Holy Spirit, you know, the Lord will give um, the Holy Spirit to them. And so, yeah, I received the, the Holy Spirit in that moment in, in a, um, a powerful way, just coming upon me. And I started to speak in tongues as a kid, like just not really knowing what that was all about, just spoke in tongues for the first time. And then sort of was like, oh, cool, I can do that now. Like, you know, I can speak in (laughs) tongues, this heavenly language. And uh, just in my little kid brain, like I think I didn't think much of it. But from that moment on, I really remember just having this deep awareness of the presence of God and of Jesus and wanting to follow him and um, just the outworking of the Holy Spirit in my life in a powerful way. And I had several encounters uh, with the Holy Spirit again, you know, throughout my um, life and church. And, you know, the Bible says be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time only thing. So uh, a life of encounter, a life of continually being filled. And so, yeah, the Lord just kept it, um, kept revealing the presence of God to me through the Holy Spirit all the way up to to, to today, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that story. I remember I heard you talk about the story with your dad in a sermon and you even said he was in a closed room with the windows were closed yeah. and like the wind was blowing yes. on him three times. Yes. And uh, so like God went out of his way to answer your yeah. dad's prayer. Yeah. And, and I love that you brought up that verse about being filled with the Holy Spirit because I'd love to ask you, because somebody might be listening to this and they come from a very traditional conservative background here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the U.S. And they believe, yes, I received the Holy Spirit at salvation, but what does mm-hmm. it look like to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit yeah. as I live out my day-to-day life? How do they mm-hmm. make sense of that or experience that? Yeah, I think, you know, the Bible says, you know, ask and you shall receive. And uh, we see all the way throughout the book of Acts and New Testament, um, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit coming and falling upon the disciples and the believers. The Holy Spirit came and he moved. And um, so I think we have like the omnipresence of God that is everywhere. Um, We know that, you know, God's presence is everywhere. But then uh, we have the 
um, manifest presence of God, which is somewhere. So there are times where we can encounter this manifest tangible presence of God, which we don't always feel. We have this indwelling presence of God, which is awesome, this abiding presence. But then there's also this manifest presence of God that um, the Lord brings that, you know, I would liken it to, you know, when, when Moses encounters the burning bush, he, he has this tangible sort of in, encounter with, with the Lord. When the, um, disciples encounter in the upper room, the, the fire of the Holy Spirit, there's this, you know, tongues of fire that are resting on each one of them. So there's something, you know, tangible, observable that's happening that is not just sort of your everyday, um, like just experience of God is with me and I know his presence is here, but there's just this tangible um, experience with, with your senses. And so I would just encourage people if they're wanting to um, just e- encounter that manifest presence of God and, and just really like experience that presence of God in that way. I just encourage them just to ask, you know, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Um, start to read, you know, different encounters that people have had throughout church history yeah. where they talk about, you know, God just sort of showing up in such a powerful way. People like John Wesley, he's talking about, you know, they were just singing, him and his brother singing in a, a field, walking somewhere or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden the presence of God comes and they just start laughing uncontrollably, like the joy of God just comes mm-hmm. upon them. Or think of people like Charles Finney just having this explosion of love in his heart, you know, and, and even Char- um, John Wesley says something like that, I ha- my heart was strangely yeah. warmed. There's, there's all these different encounters that people are having all the way throughout church history that we discover like, hey, God doesn't just want to touch us cerebrally and intellectually, Mm. but he actually wants to touch us in every sense of the word and really help us to experience him. Um, One of the quotes that I love to say when I'm preaching um, that I love to teach on is the fact that, you know, the Holy Spirit takes biblical concepts and makes them experience realities in our daily lives. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I I love that, you know, the Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity who is physically present here on the earth. So he's not just up in heaven separately. He's actually physically present and his job is to appropriate the works of God and the things of God in our lives. Mm. He draws us to salvation. He uh, um, works out uh, that sanctifying process in our lives as well. All these different things the Holy Spirit is responsible for doing. And Romans 5, 5 says, we know how dearly God loves us because the Holy Spirit has been poured out, has poured out the love of God into our, into our hearts. And so when the Holy Spirit pours the love of God into our hearts, we see that this is something that we're experiencing. It's not just we know the love mm. of God because God tells us that he loves us. It's like, no, that we know the love of God because the Holy Spirit is pouring this love into our hearts and and making us experience and feel this love in a real and and personal and tangible way. So I think just grabbing a hold of, you know, the theology of the Holy Spirit, diving into the work of the Holy Spirit, if you've come from more of a sort of conservative background on that and the Holy Spirit is just out there somewhere and I don't know what he does or who he is, (laughs) you can actually, he's a person. He's just as much a person as Jesus. He's a third person of of the Trinity, you know. so really encountering him and, and asking him and talking to him and just diving into that theology and then putting it into practice, I think uh, will just open you up into a whole new world of of experiencing God this side of heaven. 
Yeah. Th- thank you for breaking that down. I even love the difference you illustrated between the indwelling presence of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and the manifest mm-hmm. presence. I think that's a really helpful handle for yeah. both. Uh, growing up for me, so even though I was in a conservative church, my parents were mm-hmm. very much like they they believed in the Holy Spirit <laughs> moving and yeah. working and being active today. And I saw I saw the Lord give so many prophetic words to, wow. to my mom. And yes. then my three daughters have all had different mm-hmm. special health needs when they were born. And I saw oh, wow. God do miracles in their life. So I've seen the wow, evidence thank you, Jesus. That's of the awesome. Holy Spirit. But I, I would say about 18 months ago or so, I really just, mm-hmm. I wanted to know, I, I started praying this prayer, God, if there's more that I haven't mm-hmm. experienced, which I know there mm-hmm. is because he's, he's yeah. God, like, mm-hmm. I want that. <laughs> and so that's when yeah. I started reading, um, I think it was on the Holy Spirit by is it Smith Wigglesworth? Is oh, that? Oh, cool, yeah. And yeah, then I, I went, f- and then I went from that, and that's when I took your course on speaking in tongues wow, in Theashu, which I've which I've talked a lot about Theashu here on the podcast. But it just really gave me a deeper hunger to start asking wow. God to move in different ways. Mm-hmm. To ask, like you know, Paul says to ask for the gift of prophecy, like yes, ask to prophesy. Yes. So. I think it does start with just humbling yourself before God mm-hmm. and saying, Holy Spirit, I want to see you move yeah. in a new and a fresh way in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's we talk a lot about discipleship here on this podcast and how to awesome. surrender your dreams to God. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to go there next because a lot of times mm-hmm. you hear the Holy Spirit in reference to your spiritual gifts. And, yes. and I think mm-hmm. walking in your calling, walking in... The purpose God has for your life, you, we want to steward our gifts well. Mm-hmm. Is there any insight you can give us into how to identify that this is a gift that is actually from the Holy Spirit in your life? Maybe mm-hmm. what's the difference between a talent and a spiritual gift? I, mm-hmm. I get these questions a lot, and I feel like you could give a, a lot of good illumination to that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I would say I would begin with um, the spiritual gifts that are outlined in 1 Corinthians 12. So there we have like um, these nine gifts of the spirit, um, which you mentioned prophecy and there's you know speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, faith, um, discerning of spirits, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, uh, all these different spiritual gifts. Um, I think, you know, the Bible says we should de- deeply desire and go after these spiritual gifts. And so, you know, Paul's writing this to the Corinthian church um, and he's saying, hey, guys, like, you I, I love that you're like going after the, the gifts of the spirit. This is how you should uh, use them. But he's saying we should desire this. We should go after this. Um, and this is a good thing. So, um, yeah, I think uh, if, you, if you're praying for a gift, maybe healing or working in miracles or something like that, um, that's a good place to start. And then um, maybe um, if, if there's people in your world, in your church, who are mentors, pastors, leaders, disciples to you, um, start talking to them about, hey, I've had this hunger for gift of healing. I was praying for someone yesterday and I saw them healed or, you know, whatever it is, or, or I got this word and I'm not sure if it's a prophetic word, but, you know, I feel like my my mind just all of a sudden knew something or had this thought or whatever it is. Um, and I would encourage people to just work that through with, um, yeah, spiritual leaders in your life. So mm-hmm. people in the church, in the local church, I think um, so much of discipleship 
um, is actually worked out in the local church. Pretty much all mm-hmm. of discipleship, you know, yeah. is worked out in the local church and in that context. And that's the the setup that God um, made for us to be able to grow spiritually. And so I think make sure that you're in, in a place where you have those those leaders who can guide you and, and disciple you and lead you in that way. So, yeah, just talking it through with a spiritual leader. I love um, Randy Clark as well. I'm not sure if you've heard of Randy Clark, but... Um, he had a very similar sort of background, um, came from this, this Baptist background and um, has, you know, gone very deeply into the things of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, he was used in the, the revival at Toronto um, for the Lord to really um, bring the, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in, in a powerful way. But uh, he's not just sort of like all encounter and gifts. He's a, a man who's really gone deep into the theology of things like that as well. So. I love his teaching on the gifts of the Spirit and and just practically engaging in the gifts of the Spirit. So I think if you want to go deeper, um, that's probably a a resource that I'm constantly just recommending to people um, to unpack the gifts, how these operate and and what that looks like uh, in our daily lives. So, yeah, that's probably a few things that I would do if you're you're wanting to to start to engage with spiritual gifts in your life and recognize what they are. Yeah, no, that's, that's really helpful. And then what would you say to the, because I think sometimes people can relegate sp- spiritual gifts to just, well, that's only needed in church staff ministry uh, or something like that. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm in the business world or I'm a teacher. Mm. Like how does, how do you need the Holy Spirit to live out your calling as a Christian in, in those spheres as well? Oh, oh, I think you, you need it for everything that God has called you to do, you know, like unless you want to live life in your own strength and your own ability. Like you are given this supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to bear witness to Jesus. And that is not necessarily just for, you know, preachers to preach about Jesus, but that's all of us to be a witness to Christ in our sphere. Um, And so we receive this power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Um, I'm the only preacher in my family. So my mum's a nurse. My dad's a professor of robotic engineering. My brother is an academic. um, He's a doctor. And my sister is a medical doctor. So I come from this family of people who are like, you know, nowhere near going out and preaching on platforms and stages, but every single one of them I have seen just tap into that empowerment of the Holy Spirit to outwork their calling. And so one of the ways that I see this um, sort of outworking is just in, you know, through prayer and and seeking the Lord on, you know, which way do you want me to go, Lord? Uh, Who should I engage with here? Um, You know, uh, if, if there's, you know, contracts and different things like that involved, like, Lord, I need a strategy and God just downloading the strategy to them and just all of these things that the Holy Spirit can actually set up and empower us to do so we can be, you know, a witness and bring glory to Him on the earth. We don't actually have to have to do our lives alone. So, yeah, I think absolutely it's not just for preachers, it's not just for worship leaders, and it's not just for the church context. This is for every Christian in every sphere to really, um, yeah, live out your life with the Lord and empowered by the Lord in everything that you do. Yeah. I mean, if we really believed that Jesus is who he said he is, and mm, that the Holy Spirit on. is who He says He is, and that yeah. we have that power and that access to our Creator and the come one on. with all wisdom, all authority. Yeah, I feel like if we really got that revelation, everything about our life would change. So um, true. Yes. And yes, I, 
I'm trying to grow in and just praying a daily prayer of like, God, just give me eyes to see mm. what you're wor- where you're at work, what you're inviting mm. me into, give me ears to hear what you're speaking so to me good. and how I can respond to that. Yeah. And so thanks for mm. encouraging. Cause I feel like sometimes it, at least in a lot of the circles that I've been in, and a lot of the people that I talk to, they feel like mm-hmm. God only has a, specific plan and a purpose for people in so-called professional ministry. And, and I really, and I really want to empower people to realize that they are in ministry exactly where they're at. And they have that same access to God and that same power that God gives your favorite preacher or, or whatever. Absolutely. What would you say kind of, as we start to to wrap things up because I could talk to you for a long time and ask you a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, but thanks. yeah, I'm really enjoying this conversation. So awesome. Since you have traveled a lot and you've seen the church all over the world, but I know you've mm-hmm. spent a, a decent amount of time in, in America too. And I would say most mm-hmm. of the listeners of this podcast are in America, except for our big cool. uh, Tasmanian audience or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what would you say to the church in America that we could learn from the church and the rest of the world, or even just the, the Christians in America, how could we be challenged or encouraged by what you're seeing across the globe? Mm. Yeah, it's been so fascinating for me, um, even just recently on this trip, because I'm, I'm in America right now. I'm here for a month just preaching at um, different conferences and churches around the country. And it's like for the first time it clicked that no matter where you go, there's sort of like cookie cutter places that are almost everywhere and anywhere. So things like Walmart and Target and like, you know, um, McDonald's and like all of these like chains that Mm -hmm. I'll go to like some shopping center or whatever and it looks exactly the same as something that I've seen over the other side of the country or in a completely different space. And it just started to trip me out because I was like, whoa, like more so than anywhere else in the world, there's this real like sort of like, um, I don't know what you would call it, but like a commercialization um, cookie cutter sort of copying um, situation going mm-hmm. on around America. And I started to think about how that ties in with the church and started to think like, oh, okay, like it starts to make sense to me why, you know, churches then would find a formula and like this mm-hmm. business structure and then replicate that everywhere. And then that's the pathway to success and that's the pathway to growth. Um and I just started to think about, like, I just come from, you know, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, I think. Oh, I went Amsterdam to Australia to here. But I was in Amsterdam and I was thinking of, like, just how unique the the different architecture and the different things were. There's not a lot of, like, cookie-cutter copying and just how in other countries there is maybe a little bit more freedom to just explore. Well, like, what does the Lord want to do in our region to reach our people and and what could that look like that's not necessarily just this carbon copy of something that's going on in Dallas mm-hmm. or something that's happening in LA like what can we how can we see God sort of just change our, our paradigm for what church should look like and how we could um, see God move in, in our context and really dreaming with the Lord about what that might look like specific to your local area um and so i think that yeah there's something to be maybe gained here in america 
about just dreaming with the Lord about that creativity of of yeah. what could the Lord do uniquely through us in this space and this time, um, rather than trying to find a model that works and then just replicate that everywhere. I mean that that resonates so deeply with wow. me, and it when we get so bound to this is the model that produces success. Mm. Yeah, that equation completely takes out the Holy Spirit. And wow. you just you just mm. think if I do X, Y, and Z, mm. then I will get whatever yeah. the desired result is. Yeah. And, and I think you saying that pretty much encapsulates everything we've talked about, like getting mm. before God. And like mm. you said, I love how you tied it into the whole theme of this podcast, like dream with God about what mm. God wants to do in your church, mm. through your church, in your life and through you. Yes. And just having our hands open. And so I would love for you just to close out our time with a prayer mm. and just pray over the listeners that they would be mm. filled in a fresh way with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for this opportunity um, that we've had to just come together and, and chat today about the things of the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit throughout history and what you want to do in and through our lives, Lord Jesus. I thank you uh, for Wade. I thank you that you would just bless um, this podcast and bless its reach, Lord God. I thank you for everyone who's listening today. I thank you for everyone who's just turned this on and, and started to maybe think along those lines of, wow, how could I go deeper with the Holy Spirit? What could the Holy Spirit do in and through me? If there's any you know, leaders and pastors who are um, engaging in this podcast, Lord, I pray that even that word about something unique and dreaming, dreaming with you would um, start to stir their faith and stir their hunger to go after you That's in a good. fresh way and see what you might want to do in and through them. God, I just pray for anyone who's not in ministry as well, as we've talked about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to really bring glory to God in their work, in their calling, in their lives. God, I pray that you would just um, just explode their, their paradigm open their eyes to see you know, the possibilities of what you could do in and through them and their ministry and their career and their lives, their families as well, Lord. I pray, Lord, just for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. As you say in your word, be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that we would receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. We join with the ancient church in praying that prayer, come Holy Spirit, come empower us, come lead us, come guide us, come let us experience the manifest presence of God. I pray, Lord God, that we would experience you, not just uh, know about you in our minds cerebrally, intellectually, but we would experience you and encounter you um, with every part of our being, Lord God. I pray, Holy Spirit, if there's people who um, just haven't had much teaching on the Holy Spirit or haven't, you know, encountered um, much uh, um, in that in that realm of, of spiritual gifts operating and seeing people receive prophetic words and different things like that. Well, God, I pray that you would just lead them on a path of, of just diving deep into the theology of the work of the Holy Spirit and what's out there and what's possible. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just totally um, just lead us and guide us into the more that you have for us. I love what Wade was um, praying about before saying, I just want more, Lord, if you have it. God, we, we all pray that. God, I 
want more. Whatever you have for me, I want to go deeper in your encounter, deeper in your love, deeper in who you are. And I pray that over all of the listeners right now as well, Lord God, that you would take us into the more that you have for us. We just surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to what you're doing in and through our lives. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I, I felt something on that prayer. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Can you let people know how they can keep up with you? Yes. So I have a website. Um, it's laylanahavandi.com. Um, the spelling of that is pretty difficult, so I'm sure it will be in the, the show yes. notes or something like that. I get all sorts from there. Um, but I also have Instagram, which is at layla.nahavandi. Um, just got on threads, the brand new thing that's just yes. come out. Um, I don't know how active I'm going to be on there. Um, and I've got a Facebook that I barely use, but uh, if you want to look me up on Facebook as well, I'm, I'm out there somewhere. All right. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Um, <laughs> make you. sure you, you follow Layla and also take your courses on Theashi because they're great. Thank you. Um, oh, Layla, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. And I just, I really appreciate mm-hmm. your your passion and your zeal for the Lord. Um, oh, it's you. contagious to be around. I think it's going to encourage everybody oh. who listens. Oh, thank you so much. What an honor to be with you. And yeah, thank you for um, leading this conversation so beautifully as well, Wade. I love your heart for the Lord and your humility before Him, just saying, Lord, I just, I want more of you and I want to dive deep into that. That's inspiring to me, oh. you know, to go deeper in the Lord as well. So thank you. Uh, thanks, Layla. See ya. Thanks for joining the podcast today. I hope you were really blessed by today's episode. Before we go, I wanna invite you one more time to join me in the Joyful Dreamer community. I think it's gonna be one of the best things you can do to help you find joy as you bring the dream that God has put in your heart to life. So you can find all the info at thejoyfuldreamer.com. Also make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast at this helps you in any way, make sure you never miss an episode and also share these episodes with others. I think that's one tangible way that you can help fuel the dreams of other people in your life. So thanks again for joining us and we'll see you back here next week. Mm